Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good weekend. Thank you to my buddy, Stu Epperson Jr. of the Truth Radio Network, who sat in for me on Thursday and Friday. Thank you, uh, Stu Baby. I appreciate that. I was off with uh, five of my closest uh, buddies. And this is, I think, we figured out, I think it's our 13th year in a row, that we go off a mountain house. We find different houses here and there. And then we just go for a deep dive. We always have a study that weekend and then just updating each other and praying for one another. Uh, super powerful time. So that was great. If you were wondering where I was and then we're back in the house today and on the eve of November, which is coming up in just a couple of days. <clears throat> and our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital, LandmarkGold.com uh, back in the house. We'll do a full Money Monday today before that. Just make sure uh, you continue to pray for everything going on in Israel, including inside of Gaza. They are now on the ground there. And so this is going to be going on. This isn't going to be days. This will be weeks and maybe even months. So make sure you continue to pray about that. And then remember, uh, once we hit January, it's going to be podcast only. So uh, if you want to be a part of that, just text my name, Steve. Just text Steve to 66866. That'll get you on the email list. And then when our podcasts come out once a week, uh, we will get that to you. And David, we'll talk about this offline, but still want to do at least uh, one or two podcasts with you a month. Uh, after the beginning of the year and, and wh- where we won't have to worry about commercial breaks or anything. If we want to talk for an hour and a half, we can. And uh, so we'll talk about that offline, but would love to continue to bring your wisdom to everybody because I know it's an important blessing that we've had over the years. And thank you for that. But uh, a full money Monday today, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing good. Got a little scratchy throat. I'm doing a lot of talking. Maybe it's the change of weather here in Phoenix. You know, hey, we're below 100 degrees. That's a change of weather, you know. Fall weather just blowing through Phoenix. I probably won't see any leaves flying past the window behind you today. But uh, we praise the Lord for your sub-triple-digit fall weather for for you out there, Uh, David. That's so funny. I was Uh, just on the radio talking uh, to uh, a talk show host that I've been on for about three years with him. In North Dakota, they got nine inches of snow. Oh. I'm like, he said, I'll send you some. I said, I'll send you under 100 degree weather and we'll exchange. And maybe somewhere in the middle, we'll meet in the middle of the Yeah, it'll, it'll just be rain. <laughs> it'll be rain, exactly. <laughs> That's what'll happen. It'll just be rain. Uh, anyway, it's great to see you. Thank you for being here for a full show today. And we've got a, a, a lot to go through. Uh, uh, but in but in the markets in the last week, I mean, today, the markets are just on fire. The Dow Jones up 537.36, S&P up 51, NASDAQ up 151. I saw that gold actually pushed past the $2,000 mark. So pretty wild uh, market just today. But uh, what's been going on the last week? And, and what should we, is this like, hey, the good times are here to stay? What, what's actually happening? Well, the NASDAQ and the S&P and the Dow, they actually fell 2% last week. Uh, on on Friday, uh, we saw the, the Israel uh, ground assault uh, moving forward. And last week, the S&P had the most 
overshorted positions in history, Whoa. according to Goldman Sachs. Let me explain what that means. In other words, this is a legal bet shorting the market. When you when you short any market, stocks, bond, you know, the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the gold, whatever, bond, U.S. Treasuries, when you short something, you're making a legal bet on Wall Street. You believe that thing, whatever that is you're shorting, is going to go down. Right. And if it goes down, you win. So when people, all a group of people, short the market, that's what happened in the S&P, the most shorted environment wow. historically. Wow. And we've had 12 consecutive uh, weeks of clients of Goldman Sachs shorting the market. So that's a big, big deal, which means that this uptick today might just be a, a sun, sunny day and we might right. have some more rain right. red here later on this week. Uh, the NASDAQ and the S&P, because they've entered in a little bit higher territory, they're in what you call market correction. Uh, Deutsche Bank Jim Reed says, in fact, we're now back at the levels we were when it breached in November 2018. Uh, it says, so all the optimism surrounding U.S. equities this year is really just only a handful of huge companies skewing that positivity. Um, Wednesday is going to be a big day. Wednesday's the Fed speaking. Jay Powell is going to talk about rates. There's a 0% chance on Wall Street that they're going to raise rates. Yep. But the Fed still does not have inflation under control, so the Fed must remain open to future rate hikes. Uh, financial conditions have eased, uh, indicating current policy may not be restrictive enough. In other words, they need to tighten rates more. Well, I keep hearing, David, sorry to jump in there. I, I keep hearing this phrase, keep them high longer. Yes. I've, I've been running into that for the, like the last week, which obviously they don't have a choice. It's been going on for about the last three weeks. And yeah, the higher, higher and longer is the new terminology for the Fed rate hike, which just means they're going to keep rates higher yeah. for a longer period of duration. Normally, it's like three months. Once they pivot, then three months later, uh, you know, once they stop raising rates, then three months later, they start lowering rates. This is not that environment. Mm -hmm. We're talking about maybe two or three years is what some analysts are saying. They, they might not lower rates for that longer period of time. There's Janet Yellen, she's saying the opposite, but this is causing all kinds of problems. Higher interest rates is causing mortgages to stall. It's causing inflation not to really even still get under control. It causes government debt to cost more to manage it, to finance it. Um, and Janet Yellen has her hands full because tomorrow, uh, actually today and Wednesday, there's uh, things that are happening called ref uh, quarterly refunding announcement, QRA. What is this? It happens every quarter. At the end of the quarter, when Janet Yellen or the Secretary of Treasury says, here's how much debt we're going to need to issue this next quarter. That's number one, she says. Number two, here's how much new debt is going to be issued to re um, be refunded, uh, but and here's how much we're simply rolling over of the new debt that mature or the old debt that matures. In other words, it's old debt still on the books, yeah. but the duration of that note, say five years or two years or one year, it's up and it's got to get recycled in as a new debt payment. So that's going to happen as far as the announcement. And the third thing is the breakdown of how much new debt is being issued from short term to oh, long term right. treasuries. These are 
three important yeah. factors three big to consider. Deals. Hold that thought. We'll keep talking about that. A full Money Monday with our friend at David Fisher, LandmarkGold.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show, a full money Monday with our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital, LandmarkGold.com. And, and uh, the markets and what's going on financially is a little bit like that old Chicago song. You're going to have Saturday in the park, uh, beautiful weather, and then Sunday you're stuck inside. So, for example, things can change so quickly. It is 83 degrees and sunny here in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is highly unusual for the end of October but tomorrow it's supposed to be 53 degrees and rainy. So sorry, uh, kitties, about your uh, Halloween trick-or-treat tomorrow night. It's going to be cold and wet. And things can change. So even though today is all sunny, Saturday in the park, having a great time. Dow's up 537. S&P's up 51. NASDAQ's up 151. But last week, not so pretty. But a sunny day today. But rain will come back. And so that's why we have to understand uh, and, and utilize our knowledge and our wisdom uh, through a biblical worldview always to take a look at what's going on in the world of finance and, and debt and personal finance and our investments. And that's why David is a regular part uh, of this program and has been for years. And we just praise God for that. Uh, and David, it is. It's amazing how the weather can change. It doesn't change so drastically all that often in Arizona, but it certainly does in other places. And the market's just like that. The market will change. It, that is how the market operates. And what causes these changes some reports that come out, some announcements that are made, and also the sentiments on how what people believe what might happen causes yeah. the change in markets. So just like the sun will rise and the sun will set, mm -hmm. the markets will rise and fall, they will change. And that's the way the market is. But it's more profound out in this environment because we have a lot of uncertainty, a lot of debt, a lot of spending, and high interest rate, and that creates a lot more volatility yeah. and a lot more of this uncertainty, rainy days and sunny days in the market. Yep, and uh, and we need to pay attention to that because most of our audience, David, is uh, in our age range. We're a lot closer. We're in the second half of our lives, and we have to be very careful. And we need to use wisdom, and we still want a reasonable rate of return when we can get it. But we have to be careful, and you got to pay attention to what's going on, not just here in the U.S., but around the world one of the things that we've been talking about for quite some time now is what's uh, going on in the u.s bank and and uh, u.s banking system and i know you've got some data that we need to be aware of so let's go there next money markets uh money market funds have crashed money being pulled out of money market funds the most ever since lehman brothers wow back in 2007. uh we saw the biggest outflow 900 excuse me, $99 billion in just uh, the third quarter here. Whoa. Um, th three of the top America's biggest banks uh, are massive amounts of money are being pulled out. $84.5 billion of deposits in a single quarter. J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and Citi all recorded major outflows of deposits in the third quarter. When we zoom out, the data from the Federal Reserve, the St. Louis Bank shows that deposits across all commercial banks, Steve, are down. Mm -hmm. Regional banks are also down. Regional banks, their stocks are getting uh, clobbered like a baby seal. Um, $109 billion is what the balance sheets-ish um, 
that uh, are happening of, of what they're upside down in, in here recently. There's new warnings of, of a bank collapse happening due to the surfacing of this data uh, of massive unrealized losses, according to the latest FDIC report. They reported 4,645 banks, $309.6 billion of unrealized losses Whoa. that are uh, being held to ma uh, sec uh, mature securities. Um, remember, we talked about this last week. Bank of America is $131.6 billion. Of those 4,645 banks, Bank of America, one bank, the second largest bank, represents 34% of unrealized losses in the banks. Whoa. That's a big number. So not only is Bank of America in this unrealized losses, this is far beyond the normal amount of $131.6 billion, and it's far higher of a percentage for one bank. Um, but banks as a whole, last year, uh, we shut down 2,000 branches in the United States. Wow. Went out. Went out of business. Didn't need them. Staggering number. 2023, uh, we're seeing massive layoffs. Some of the biggest layoffs that we've ever seen in the banking industry mm -hmm. has just been happening. Talked about that last week. Cuts to come. Yeah. yeah. So the banking industry, to say that they're in trouble is just an understatement. Uh, we're not out of the woods on this. Back. Let's take a look at a deeper look. U.S. banks um, were in the early stages of financial crisis. More major banks are going to probably close. Bank of America closed 21 branches in the first week of October. That's one week, 21 branches. U.S. Bank closed <laughs> nine. Wells Fargo closed 15. Chase report, uh, reported closing three. This is in from October 1st to October 7th. Some 54 locations in one week were closed. Mm -hmm. Just one week. That's a pretty fast, frightening yeah, pace. So yeah. I think we're going to see more problems in the banking industry, unfortunately. We got to get through all this commercial real estate yep, uh, all that environment. Yep. We're two years away from getting on the other side of that, if not maybe longer. We're two years away from getting to lower interest rates, if not longer. So we're going to have two more years of banking crisis. I hope we won't have the straw yeah. that breaks the camel's back. If we do, we will have a financial crisis. Yeah, so so in that, with, with that going on, because I, I wrote down when you were talking about the most money pulled out of the money market fund since 2007, we all know what happened in 07 and 08, the crash of 08, uh, which affected pretty much all of us. <clears throat> and so, again, the market is cyclical and, and things that this is why you have to study history this is why I teach history, both U S and world history for high school students is because once you understand the past, you have a lot more uh, understanding of the present and even the future to a certain extent. And so all this stuff, does this all just mean that we're headed for a recession and you can't deny that you can't go around it. You can't make it go away. You can't pray it away. Is, is this what's happening? I mean, is that the conclusion? Well, every, everywhere you look on, on the horizon, whether it be north, south, east, or west, financially speaking, you're going to see there's major indicators of recession is still here. We just haven't come to that forefront. And they just begin, the horizon's been getting further out there, but now it's in with arm's reach. Yeah. Um, Goldman Sachs says the worst is still yet to come. They talked about home sales sliding. 
the sustaining of mortgage rates are going to continue to go up. Uh, we talked about this uh, just briefly here, but the San Francisco, there was a huge apartment building that, in San Francisco that sold for 50% less oh. than what it sold for in 2018. Think wow. about that. Most in 2018 residents, 50%, it, well, 48.6%, right, right. just shy of it. Okay? It was worth uh, $543 million in 2018. Now it's worth $279 million. Wow. So that's a crash. While most of the real estate home values went up since 2018 yeah. across the board, the commercial real estate market is very, very challenging. Yeah. And that's just an understatement. It's going to continue to be so because there are so many areas that are so vacant. Right. That's right. And you have 50% occupancy rate. It's, you can't, yeah. you can't pay your bills. You can't pay your bills. You can't pay your mortgage. And this is all why we keep talking about the banking industry. you got to pay attention. Talking to David Fisher for a full show. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show, a full Money Monday. Just a little bit ahead of the first Monday in November because David and his wonderful bride are taking off for a little bit, getting away, which is awesome. And so we pulled it ahead into this week. So we're spending the full hour with our friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital. Landmarkgold.com is the website, as always. Landmarkgold.com. We were talking about uh, what's going on this week in the markets. Today, everything was up. We were talking about what's happening in the U.S., uh, banking uh, industry and, the, and then a recession. And uh, in, in when we have these kinds of, I want to, if we can, I want to throw this in there. We, you and I uh, off the air, David, on, on the commercial break, we're just talking about uh, University of Virginia uh, School of Government poll. I, I would like you to share some of those numbers because as we look at these, uh, the, the recession that's on its way here, the challenging financial days we have ahead of us, and in the political environment that we're in here in America, uh, you start squeezing everybody, and and the temperature goes up, right? You're just kind of yeah. you're just kind of turning the the temperature up underneath the pan, and and that's why I wanted people to hear these numbers that you have again, uh, these polling numbers. These are very alarming. Could you go ahead and yeah. share those again, yeah. right quick, for folks? Absolutely. So it's obviously the poll shows the majority of voters not only view that the opposing party is a threat to the nation, but it also justifies uh, violence to combat, combat that agenda. And so here's the numbers. 52% of Biden supporters say Republicans are now a threat to American life, while 47% of Trump supporters say the same about Democrats. Mm -hmm. Among the Biden supporters, 41% believe violence is justified to stop Republicans from achieving their goals. On the other hand, almost identical percentage, 38% of Trump supporters now embrace violence to stop the Democrats. That reminds me, like I was saying off the air, of scripture, a house that is divided cannot stand. Our That's country right. is divided. Yep. And it's not just a slight, I believe this, it's deep emotions yeah, to yeah. the term of walking away from the Constitution and citing violence yeah it, it really remarkable which is why we all have to remember the admonition in scripture uh, it's not a suggestion it's a command in, in, in first timothy uh where we're commanded to pray for those in authority over us 
uh, for kings and queens and all those in authority over us. Uh, so for what? So that we can live quiet and peaceable lives. That doesn't sound quiet nor peaceable, uh, which is I would just encourage all of you. Remember, we need to be praying uh, for those in authority over us. Both sides of the aisle, whether you voted for him or not, is irrelevant. That asterisk is not there in the New Testament. God just commands us to pray for those in authority over us. So let's make sure we're doing that because as economic conditions get challenging, uh, those difficult poll results, David, that you were just sharing, that that just gets jacked up even more. It exacerbates the problem, and, and we have to be prayerful about that. And we have to watch our own attitudes and our own heart uh, in, instead of kind of sewing into the way the world does it. We're supposed to, we're not the right, we're not the left, we're something different. And uh, we need to remember that, especially in the political realm and the environment that we're in now. So we were talking about a recession. So would most are kind of big hedge fund guys or, or CNBC, are, are most people at the top of the food chain in terms of the financial world, David, are they, do they see the same thing? Are they Are they thinking that a recession is, I guess, can I use the word inevitable? Well, I don't know if it's inevitable, but um, like Jamie Dimon says, we're in the worst environment we've ever been in history. Or, you know, and that's not the exact quote, but that was the, the heartfelt yeah. uh, belief that he was sending out to the world. You know, and he's the largest CEO of, uh, he's the CEO of the largest bank in the United States, J.P. Morgan Chase. So I think from any standard Anybody's going to know what's going on financially. Yeah. He's certainly going to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, he believes, I believe he said many times, we're going to have a recession. Wherever you look, I think hedge fund managers, billionaires, most of them are in the camp, we're going to have a recession. Uh, it's the person that is the cheerleading-ish type of style on CNBC that wants the stock market to go up. There's a group of them and there always will be. And I'm not putting down Wall Street. I'm just saying there is this remnant of group that says, no, 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 we're not going to have a recession. It's like I heard the same rhetoric, the same thing in 2007 and 8, where this is not going to be a big problem. And it turned out to be a big problem. Yeah, train wreck. I, I think, you know, Rick Santelli is more of a guy who's has his hand on the pulse. He was the guy that created the Tea Party. Yeah, yeah. And he's the one that said the 10-year Treasury note is going to 13% in nine years, last month, he said. We're at 48 4.9% today. And that climbed to that from one under 1% three years ago, and it caused all kinds of problems. It's going to cause all kinds of problems if we have that. So the, we're, we don't have inflation under control. I mean, I hate to you know draw the analogy, but candy inflation, candy has jumped thirteen percent from in this year compared to yep. Halloween last year. Yep. The Halloween last year is the Halloween before it jumped another fourteen percent. That's twenty seven percent in two years. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, and that's you know I don't need hardly any sugar, but so I don't really feel that. But there's a lot of people that you know rely on yeah. that and have that as part of their diet. Not saying candy, but candy associated things mm-hmm. so you know the cost of living is going up oil is going to go up interest rates are going to go up and and how this this relates all to our debt yeah i was going to ask that because uh like i mentioned uh a friend of mine mike johnson just became the new speaker of the house and in his opening remarks uh that night he said that that he was going to create a commission he's, he's one of the few politicians that brought up 
the $33.6 trillion in debt, that it's mm-hmm. unsustainable, and we need to create a commission to uh, really study this and look at uh, long-term solutions to rein in spending and be- begin to take this seriously. People almost never bring that up. But we're talking about inflation rising, yields are rising, and then out yeah. there is this beast of the national debt. So help us understand the relationship yeah. between these things. So just to piggyback, the 34% closure uh, is what th- foreclosures are up 34% this year. Wow. Bankruptcies, Chapter 11, are up 61% this year. Charles Schwab analysts saying we're going to have a recession. And it does relate to the treasuries and interest rates and government spending. So there's a tsunami of issuance of debt or treasuries. We've been issuing so much debt as a country like never before. But we have skittish foreign buyers and U.S. Domestic buyers are also just as skittish because they're demanding, Steve, to be compensated for buying a government debt issue when we don't have our financial house in order. Right. So this is why the yield, or some people want to call it the interest rate for simplicity, it's a yield. It goes up in value while we issue more debt because it boils down to simplicity of supply and demand. You create this enormous amount of supply of U.S. debt. There's not enough demand. So you have to track demand. And how you do that is allow the market to raise the yields or the interest rate to get you get paid back on owning this government debt. So in this tsunami of supply, there's more than we need. There's not enough buyers. We have this epic like showdown of this. It's going to crack. There's this breaking. Yeah. And just like I mentioned, the S&P 500, the most amount of shorts happening in history this last week. Right now, in the history of treasuries, there's the most amount of shorts in the treasury market ever mm. in history. Wow. So the big money is betting <laughs> yeah. that the treasury market is going to go down. It's been going down for the last three years. Even though yields are going up, the right. value of the note of the, of the bond is going down. And that's what caused these three big banks to go under. They were underwater 20% in this asset called treasury bonds. So the Biden administration is running the third largest deficit in history. The two that were larger than this was in 2021 and 2020 under COVID. The government was, was right. shutting Just down businesses. Checks, right. There's hardly any revenue coming in. Mm-hmm. So that's why we run deficits. Now we're supposed to be, quote, booming, (laughs) and we're running a third largest deficit, I'll call it the largest, in a normal economic environment where all businesses are open. Right, right, under the best possible uh, conditions, not COVID, then you have these kinds of numbers. It's the largest budget deficit in a non-COVID environment. That's the best way to explain it. it, Is it $1.7 I'm trying to remember the number. 1.695 1.695 trillion. Yeah, okay. To be exact. You're really close. Call it you got a good one. Okay? Yeah, 1.7 1. 7 trillion, trillion in one budget year. debt. Yep. 1.7 trillion dollars is what we're overspending. It's just insane to think about that. Yeah, oh yeah. And they're not done. They want to spend some more. They want mm-hmm. to fund this war, they want to fund the other war. I mean, we're going to see this is a big problem because there's no reeling in on the spending. Right. Nothing. And you just cannot, cannot. We're we're paying for the interest payment on by how we're paying that 
issuing new debt. More debt, so they, right. It's one credit card to pay off another, in this case, just to pay the interest on your other credit card. You're not even touching the principal. It's a train wreck. We'll keep talking about that, plus gold and silver. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show, with our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital, Full Money Monday, a week early. David and his bride will be taking a little time off, which is awesome. So we are uh, excited for you guys and enjoy that uh, relaxation, David. We all need more of that rest in our lives. So praise the Lord, you guys will get some of that. Landmarkgold.com is the website, as always, and uh, uh, spending another segment with David. And we've been talking about uh, very important things. We were talking about what's happening in the markets this week versus last week. Uh, the U.S. banking system, uh, recession, I- inflation rising and yields rising and, and how that's a big problem for our national debt. And just the yearly uh, debt is about $1.7 trillion, uh, which is remarkable. Uh, anything else on, on kind of the, the talk of recession and the national debt there, David, before we talk about gold and silver, which have a very interesting relation to all this bizarre activity themselves? So when an individual where they cannot make enough payments, they have to pay the interest only on their, let's say their mortgage. And they do the interest only on their car loan and their interest only on their credit cards, several of them. When the individual gets to that level, it doesn't take much for that household to file bankruptcy Mm. and shut down. One little car break, they don't have enough money, whatever. Nothing. To think that the government's not on the verge of a major problem, we are right there. When a country gets to the place where they cannot finance their debt anymore and they're financing their whole spending by debt and the interest they're financing on debt, that's a major warning flag. And that's why we're seeing this rally in gold right now. Gold went up 7% in October. It just broke through the $2,000 level. Said we're going to go higher in gold prices. We did. A month ago, it was $1,830. I'm referring to spot price. That's not mm-hmm. all the markets. It's just an index, the spot index of gold. So this, some of it has to do with this Palestinian-Israeli conflict right, in right. the Middle East. A lot of it has to do with what's going on that we, what we've been talking about. But there's three factors to consider about gold. Gold, first, is a defensive asset. Second, it's a historical trend that the prices will continue to go up over time. And that's why we've seen higher gold prices in a chart. If you looked at it just on a a chart, lineal chart, over a long period of time, you will have higher gold prices. And third, the gold market moves mostly opposite of the dollar. Usually. Yeah, usually, except for recently. Because the dollar's been getting strong during this uncertain time. Gold should have gone down 7% in October, if not more than 7%, but it did everything opposite of what it should be doing. It rose in value. This tells you how strong the gold market is with all the headwinds that it's been facing. And that's why I think we're getting ready for a breakout in gold. I don't think it's going to happen like it's going to jump hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I'm not in that that, um, classification or that school of camp. But I believe we will break through $2,100 this year, if not higher. 
Um, and I believe next year is going to be an incredible year for the gold market. Um, this is confounding some of the experts who have been talking negative against gold. I've heard it in 28 years. Yeah. <laughs> if gold goes up, they want they tell you it's too high, you need to sell, get out of it. Versus a stock did that, and now you should be buying more. Yeah. So it's I, I, I set all that aside, and I don't get involved in it, but gold definitely has been the safe haven uh, in this environment. And it, who knows, it could be one of the best investments because it's been outperforming all the other indexes by percentages. Jim Grant, he's a guy that's for 40 years, he's been writing a newsletter. He's really well known in the financial industry. He writes Grant's Interest Rate Observer. And he is saying that the world is experiencing a historic surge in interest rates. He believes the turmoil could be the beginning of a multi-decade bear market in Yikes. bonds, oh, i.e. U.S. Treasuries. And he's saying you're going to see rates for much, much higher for much, much longer. And he also is saying gold is going to have its day. Mm. He cites a an environment when Reagan, President Reagan was in office, and he cites that to today, the correlation. 1981, President Reagan saw that air traffic controllers union were threatening to strike. Reagan warned them, said, don't do that. It's against the public's interests and it's illegal. They didn't listen to him. They went on strike. He fired them all right. and oh. hired new ones. Yep. That was a time when interest rates were peaking. It was a marker of times. And back then, what we didn't know, but looking back now, we saw it was a 45-year bond bear market that ended. And so from 1980 to 81, we had a bull market in bonds. And gold went silent. And stocks didn't do well before all that. Gold rallied 500% in five years, 1975 to 80. Silver did twice as much as that. Wow. So there's this big change. Like the weather changes, there's this right, big change. Right. Let's look at today. Fast forward. President Biden goes out to Detroit. He walks through the picket line. And he says, hang in there. You got it. This is another sign of the times. A different one and i think we're embarking on rates where instead of like in 1981 going down rates are going to go higher mm -hmm. and much much higher and this is not just a beginning of a cycle it's a whole decade of cycles is what jim grant is saying and to the extreme of it this goes along with what rich centelli said nine years we're going to have the interest rate or the yield at 13 yeah, percent for the 10-year wow. treasury if we have those, gold will be four, five, six, seven thousand dollars somewhere in there. Maybe even higher. Some people are saying higher than ten thousand. I'm very conservative. Gold is in a is poised for a major uptick in the market, long term, definitely, short term more than likely. Yeah, yeah. We've seen this run. So I'm this is not no pressure to get involved in gold. This is just this is where the safe haven is. And a portion to seven, a portion to eight, because you do not know what tragedy befall you. Don't put all your eggs in paper markets right. today. Yeah, You have a losing probability. You have a challenge where the government might come after a portion of that called a bail-in. And you have enough. a devaluation called yeah. inflation that's eroding the value of your hard-earned money. So diversify into gold 
It protects you from inflation. It protects you from a bail-in. And who knows, it looks like it might be a really good investment, better than the other alternatives that normally were have been good. But this is now coming in its shining star. So gold is poised for a major bull market, and so is silver. Call my company and get some information all about that. Yeah, and that's where you got to be educated. There's a lot of education that we get to here in our time together on the radio, but but not nearly enough, which is why it's important to uh, consider taking a step and, and diving in more. Just to, uh, this, this kind of wets your whistle and, and gets you aware. But education is different than awareness. I, I just found this. This was just the CBO, the annual net interest cost, uh, just this year, $663 billion on our debt. $663 billion. So as rates go up, that number gets worse. In 10 years, they're saying it'll double. In, the up, in 10 years, it'll be at $1.4 trillion. You, you fold unfunded liabilities in there over the next 50 years. And in the country, uh, the interest rate, like on your, say it's on your credit card, the interest on your credit card. Uh, will be higher than what the overall production of the country is. So, so then your interest on the debt is bigger than your GDP, and and that's it's completely unsustainable. And that's where we're headed, which is why education to understand these very challenging times when when it doesn't always make sense what's going on. Which I, I appreciate you explaining that with respect to gold and silver and the relationship to the U.S. dollar and what's happening with uh, inflation. Uh, it's all about education. And the same thing's true for our walk with Christ, that people perish for lack of knowledge. If you're a Christian, then your your number one source of knowledge, i.e. wisdom, then becomes the word of God. And so education is a big deal. If, if, you, if you are ignorant, you will pay a steep price for that. So, David, in terms of all these different options and just understanding this, this world in general and understanding gold and silver and how they kind of factor into all that, well, what are the best ways for people to get going? And, and what are the first steps once you're talking to people? Well, the simple part of this is just making a phone call because not all gold markets are the same. I cited an index that went up 7%, while the other uh, physical indexes went up 10 to 12% in the same period of time. So not all gold is the same. That's why you got to get educated. Give us a call. The number, simple, 844-604-2575. Again, 844-604-2575. Ask for that information packet to get informed. You also can go to our website, landmarkgold.com. Yeah, and that's just begin the conversation and get all the information you can and then go from there. (laughs) It's like, here you go. It's kind of like the gospel uh, where we present it, we share the truth, and then my part is done. I mean, that's, it's not my job to convert yeah. you. It's not my job to, uh, to pull you over the line. You take the information and then you pray about it and then you make a decision. Uh, and, and again, you're just, we're not talking about all or nothing here. We're talking about, like you like to say often with the scriptures, a portion of seven, a portion eight, because you don't know what's coming. You don't know what may befall you. It's like I said, it's 83 degrees today here in beautiful Raleigh. It's going to be 53 and rainy tomorrow. And that's in one day. Same thing can happen with your finances. Again, David, uh, how can people get a hold of you? Simple by calling 844-604-2575, or they can go to LandmarkGold.com. Perfect. LandmarkGold.com, as always. David, stay right there. I'll pray with you for a moment. 
uh, when we finish up on radio. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. It is Halloween. I have that conversation every year about Christians and Halloween, so we'll do that tomorrow. Again, the podcast uh, only starting in January. You want to get on that list, just text Steve to 66866. But God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward.